Welcome, and thanks for listening to this message from City Bridge Community Church. Our heart at City Bridge is to call all people to be fully devoted followers of Christ. To learn more about City Bridge and how you can take your next faithful step with Jesus, check us out online at citybridgechurch.org. Now, here's the message. What a gift this body has been. Uh, And I mean, as we've been launching here, I just couldn't be more encouraged by what you all, the body, have been doing. And it's been just such a gift to be able to do this with you. Uh, And I can't believe it, right? We're launched here. We're going. Uh, And it's been such a gift. And I'm really grateful. I I, I remember uh, one of the reasons why I think I'm just in a place of being grateful is because I almost missed out on what the Lord had in store uh, especially these last six years. Uh, if we haven't met yet, my name's Jeff Parker, and I'm the director of pastoral care ministries here at the at uh, here at uh, City Bridge Community Church. And man, I just would love to, for a second, just as all of us have been doing that have come up, I would just love to share my story with you. I know some of you have heard it before, and I think it's right. It's good to be reminded of um, of just what the Lord can do. And then for some of you, I know we've got a lot of new faces. Uh, this month in particular. And I just want you to know where I've been uh, because I hopefully that can be instructive for you and what also the Lord can do. Uh, I say I almost missed out on what was happening here even though I was here. Um, But my issue was I was stuck in sin as as we've already talked about is I wasn't, uh, we're gonna dive into what it means to be a church that uh, rightly divides the word and stands on the word. I was not an individual who was doing that. In fact, I was far from this book. Uh, and in doing so, even though I was walking around here, I had begun to veer off the path of where God would want me to be. And as I veered off the path, I moved to this world called gambling and began to give my heart over to it. And as I took another couple of steps in that direction, uh, I began to lie and deceive and manipulate those people around me to act like I wasn't on that road. And as I began to take further and further steps into that journey, uh, I began to steal money from the company that I was at. And what I thought would maybe just be a few days and a, and a few hundred dollars, in, in my wisdom, I just said, look, I can't believe I just did that. I'm gonna pay the company back and I'll kind of work my way back to the road. Yet the problem is I was trying to do it according to my ways and my wisdom and not what God would have me do. And so as I tried to do this in my own strength, instead of turning back to the Lord, I just kept going down the road. And what started out as weeks turned into months, which turned into years. And what started as a few hundred dollars turned into a few thousand dollars. And then before long, it was six figures worth of stolen funds. So this was no small detour. This was a seven-year willful wandering that led me far away from the Lord. Scripture says, right, there's a way that seems right to man. Maybe I'll try to clean myself up, but it's in his death. Seven years later, I looked up and my soul was withered and dying. As I stayed silent about my sin, my bones wasted away. I was trying to do things my own way and and it led me far, far away. Then by the, the grace of God, as I was like, Lord, I've tried my own way. It's ended in death. What is the way? It's just that, that whisper of the Lord going, you know what my word says is you need to confess your sins to one another. And I was scared out of my mind, but I was so tired of trying it my own way that I, 
took the Lord up on that offer. And on January 19th, 2015, six years ago this week, I sat out in that lobby. This building had just opened. And uh, I confessed to my community group. I confessed to my wife. I confessed to my friend that I'd been stealing money from. And get this, I even just a couple weeks later, even confessed to some of the senior leadership at the church. Not because I had to do that, but just because I knew this is a safe place. I mean, welcome to City Bridge Community Church. I mean, we mean it when we say, yes, there's a high call. Yes, there's a high call. And yes, we want this to be a safe place, both. And as I began to kind of walk out my life, I didn't have to do that alone by the grace of God. Others started to come around me. And as I made that confession, I went before my company on January 20th and confessed to them, lost my job as I should have. And then on January 21st, with nowhere else to go, woke up that morning and I just said, Lord, what, what should I do? And the Lord was like, come spend time with me. And I opened up his book for the first time in any meaningful way, maybe in my whole life, but at least in a decade or two. And I didn't even know where to turn, and so I, I do what some people do, which turn to the proverb of the day, and it was January 21st, I turned to Proverbs 21, and I'm not but six verses into reading my Bible. I'm not but 30 seconds into reading my Bible when I come across Proverbs 21.6, which just says, the getting of treasure, the acquisition of treasure, your version might say, by a deceitful tongue, by a lying tongue, it's fleeting vapor, and it's the pursuit of death. And I was like, oh, that's my story. Here was this warning that had been embedded in scripture for thousands of years. And because I wasn't in it and in a relationship with the Lord as I intended, I didn't heed that warning. And in that moment, as that warning kind of came to life in me, I just realized, oh my gosh, this word is living and active. And I grabbed a journal and I grabbed some pens and I started writing down all of those things. You see, for seven years, I had hated the legacy that I was writing. I hated the, the lasting influence that was going on in my life. And I also hated the legacy that I was not writing. And so from that moment on, I said, no longer am I gonna test the warnings of scripture. Let me just heed them. Let me listen to them. And, but I wanna now test the promises of scripture. If the warnings are true, so must be the promises. And so let me go that direction, Lord. And by the grace of God, I begin to walk that way. We are in the middle of a series here called High Call Safe Place and talking about who we want to be as City Bridge Community Church. What is gonna define us? Three weeks ago, Kyle was here and just said, we're gonna get some things straight during the series and even in that first week that, hey, this is about Christ getting the glory. Not any one person, not you, not me, not even the whole body. This is about Christ and him alone. That we desire to serve him. Two weeks ago, Rob talked about community and the beautiful role, that, the means of grace that God has given us in community. And that we are to use that and do life with one another. And we were reminded of that and how that has been a blessing for me in the last six years. And then last week, Derek did such a great job reminding us who are we gonna be, what are we gonna be about. We are gonna be a church that exists to call all people to be fully devoted followers of Christ, no matter where they are in their journey. Even if you've wandered like I have for a long time, we want to call you back. And then he even unpacked what does a life of full devotion look like, five things that we want to be about. And so we're gonna keep the series going both today and the next three weeks. We're gonna keep talking about some of the essential doctrines 
kind of the foundational things that we believe here at CityBridge we've got to be about if we are gonna be a healthy biblical church. And just so you know, they're the same things we believe that will allow for essential, healthy Christian living. And so we're excited about it. This morning, uh, I get to unpack what we mean when we talk about the Bible and, 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 and the role that it needs to play both for our church and for the individual believer. I told you that uh, for me, I hated the legacy that I was writing. I hated the legacy that I was not writing. And I think at some level, we all wanna leave a lasting influence. And I know if you've been with me praying for our church, all that I've been praying for is that we would live up to our name. One of the reasons we chose the name City Bridge is because like a bridge endures, like it connects people from point A to point B, so too do we wanna be a body of believers that endures, that connects others that are not in a relationship with God or their relationship with God is broken in some way and we wanna connect them to the fullness of a relationship with the Lord. And at the end of the day, it's Christ that does any of that. It's Christ that changes anybody. He's the ultimate bridge. But we desire to be a vessel, a means of God's grace to this city and this community to do just that. And to be clear, and the reason why we're starting with the, the Bible on this is there is a one-to-one correlation within your own life or in the life of a church if you want to leave a lasting influence We've got to be a church and we have to be individuals that are committed to depending on this book and all that it calls us to be. And so as we get started, there's just three things I wanna look at this morning about this book. And the first is what it is. And we're gonna see that the Bible is the verbally inspired word of God. The second is, is the why behind it. And just at the end of the day, I want to remind you, this is not just about a book. This book points you to the living God, that's the why. And then the how, we'll spend a little time about the importance of making a plan to spend time in the Bible. Let's jump in, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says this, it says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God or the church may be complete and equipped for every good work. The what is the Bible is the verbally inspired word of God. If you go to our website, citybridgechurch.org, and you go to our beliefs, the first one you're gonna see is about what we say the Bible is. And this is what you'll read there. It says, we believe the Bible to be the verbally inspired word of God. See what we just said. It's, breathed, it's been breathed out by God without error in the original writings and the supreme and final authority in both doctrine and practice. We think this book is gonna tell us what we need to know and we believe that this book is gonna tell us how we need to live. And that little formula that we've gotta learn, we've gotta live, that is all over your Bible. It says in, in Joshua 1.8 that we are to not let this book depart from our mouth. In fact, we are to meditate on it both day and night. We must learn it. But then we must be careful to do all that is according to it. And then we must see that uh, he will make our way prosperous. And then we will find success. And there's that formula, right? We've got to learn this book. We've got to live this book. If we want to be a church or individuals that leave a lasting influence, that's what we must do. 
And it's right there for us to see. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. We've got to learn it. It's got to be on our lips. It's got to be in our minds. We've got to be people of the book. But we can't just learn it. We also have to live it so that we may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. And then when you do those, both of those things, we leave a lasting influence for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Now, this isn't a financial process. This doesn't mean we're gonna grow to be a huge church. It just means we will be the church. If we will learn it and live God's word, we will be the church that God intends for us to be and he will use us as he intends to use us. One of the things as communicators, as we've tried to kind of corral messages, there's just so much that sometimes we want to cram into a message. And there was 50 verses, literally, I mean, just a ton of verses that I just go, it's the same thing. And I was going to put, I wanted to put all of them before you, but I was told that may not bless you. And so we have something called like what we call a graveyard where we just go, hey, the, all the stuff that we were going to throw in, let's just toss it over there. Here was my compromise. I was gonna put all my graveyard verses on one slide so that you can just see this little idea of learn plus live is a lasting, produces a lasting influence for Christ. Now, I don't know if we have the slide. Look, I mean, these are just some of the places I could have taken us that will give you that exact idea. Learn plus live is a lasting influence with Christ. It's all over your Bible. And I want it to be what we're about. The other thing that you'll see in those verses, you'll see it in Joshua 1, 8 and Psalm 1, that we've got to meditate it on both day and night. Look, we know this to be true. The most important areas of your life you can't cram for, right? Like case in point, like if you're working out and you're trying to get in shape, you can't just have a good week or a good month, not even a good year in the gym and coast on that for the rest of your life. Wouldn't that be nice if you could? I'd been done well, maybe I'd still need to work if I'm talking about a year of exercise. Look, I, and this idea, right? I would love to have six-pack abs. I'm just gonna confess it, right? But I haven't been able to get it with an hour here and an hour three months later and three hours a year later, right? If you want six-pack abs, so I'm told, because I've never tried it, is you've gotta make daily deposits over a long period of time in the same direction and then over time, fruit will begin to show, right? And we know this, right? The most important areas of your life you can't cram for. I've got a, a 13, almost 14-year-old kid and, and several behind him, and I've already started playing out what will it be like in four and a half years when I drive him off to college. And I've got like the two-hour script version of, okay, if he chooses somewhere in the state, I'm gonna kind of cram this in during that two-hour drive. If he goes far away, I've got a two-day script where I'll really get some stuff in him. And I'm just reminded, like, what am I doing? I've got four and a half years to make daily deposits. What does it look like to be God's man? What does it look like to be God's woman? Don't save that right for one moment and jam it in there when he's probably not even able to pay that good of attention. And by the grace of God, I still have that time left. And by the grace of God, when I look back a little bit, I have been making those deposits. The most important areas of your life you can't cram. And so it is, too, with God's word. A lot of us in, in moments we would love probably in some way of just going like if you could do that like matrix thing where you just deposit the word in our brain kind of like a chip, right? But that's not how it works. We've gotta be making daily deposits, day and night. That idea is kind of like when we rise up, we're in God's word. When we're going to bed, we're meditating on it. At every point in between, we are using it. This is the what 
that we believe because we believe it to be the verbally inspired word of God. And so we want this to make it our supreme and final authority. We believe that this word has the final say. Why? Because we believe the Bible points you ultimately to a living God. One of the things I was doing this week, right, there are so many places, right, you can run if you're just talking about the Bible. And just as I was spending time with God, as I was making my daily deposits this week, I came across 1 Corinthians. And, uh, and as God kind of worked me through there, I just was like, oh my goodness, these are some of the reasons why. And, I, and I'm gonna give you the three reasons and then we're gonna work through just some of the passage that I spent time with. But the, the first is that the Bible is the eternal wisdom of God. The second is the Bible's not even about the Bible. I'll unpack that one if you just think that was heretical. And the third is the Bible is not about us. And so look with me, 1 Corinthians 1.20, this is the why that we're gonna run to this is As it says in verse 20, where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? The world in its own wisdom is foolish. It's fickle and fleeting. The wisdom of the world changes with every little wind of wave and doctrine. And we see this. We see this in our country and we see this well beyond. The wisdom of the world is always changing There's lots we can't agree on and then we change it. We can't, and yet I don't even at times need to look that far out. I just need to look at my own wisdom. I told you, right, my little seven year, my long seven year journey, all along the way, I was like, well, my own wisdom says, figure out how to pay the company back, keep your mouth shut and it will go away. And yet as I tried that, right, it kept pulling me further and further apart because I was relying on my wisdom, which is fickle, it's foolish, it's fleeting. It's four decades, and there's an eternal word, a living God. We wonder, right, that, that this book is living and active, and I just, do you believe that? Do you believe that this word is living and active, and thus it rightly then should be the supreme and final authority in your life? The Bible is not even about the Bible at the end of the day. Track with me here. Verse 22, it says, For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, the stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. I just, this book is not a rule book. This is not a textbook. This book points you to a living God that desires a relationship with you and has done something in order to have that relationship with you. I, uh, along my journey, about two or three months in, my, as I kept talking with the company where I'd been stealing money from, they, we, we agreed that it was right. It would both honor God and it would honor them if I paid back what I had stolen. And so I went to the company and did a week-long self-audit of all that I had taken from that company, and at the end of a week, I, I, I ended with a 42-page document of all my sin and all my transgressions towards the company, and I remember driving home, and I had kind of put this on the passenger seat, and uh, I just remember going, Lord, how can this ever, how will you ever make this right? Your scripture says, what I intended for evil, you will intend for good, and how will that ever happen? And just that whisper, right, especially as I got into God's word the next day is that sin is nailed to the cross and it has been paid for and it is forgiven. This Bible is not about a 
a Bible. It's not just a textbook. It talks about Christ and Christ crucified for you and for me so that we might remember that all of our sins have been paid for and that we might walk in a completely different way. This is the promise that we are to test, that we preach and we rest on and we believe in Christ crucified because Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. I remember the next day I had that document next to me and I just was overwhelmed by it. And I was like, well, Lord, thank you for dying for it and paying for that. But what then does that demand of me? How can I respond? How can I say thank you? In Ezekiel 33, 15 through 16, one of the promises that I have set out to test it says if a wicked man restores a pledge, if he pays back that which he has stolen, if he walks by my statutes, if he's learned them and lived them, if he walks by my statutes, which ensure life, without committing iniquity, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of his sins shall be remembered. He shall surely live. And I just was like, Lord, how can I live that out? It feels overwhelming. He goes, look, it's Christ. It's Christ crucified. My nature and what I've done for you, I will continue to Run with you. If you stay on my path, I know the way forward and let's go. And so I've taken them up on this word. This book is not, this Bible is not just a book. It points you to a living God. The reason why this Bible is living and active is because our Savior is alive and active. And he's given us a Holy Spirit that actively lives within us for those that know him. Some of us, we just look at this book and as Jesus says in John 5, 39, it's, we search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, but it is that they bear witness about me. The point of this book is because it, it, it points us to Jesus. It's what Leslie was talking about. Even the Old Testament, it's all pointing to a savior that has been crucified, buried, and risen again on your behalf. Don't miss that. And then at the end of the day, the Bible is not about us. I mean, I can definitely, there's, there's moments where my sin just kind of comes up and I'm like, who am I to do anything? Who am I to be a vessel? That's crazy. And then 1 Corinthians, just this week, it was such a sweet reminder that it's just not about me. It says, for consider your calling, brothers, in verse 26. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful it's me, amen. Not many were of noble birth, but God chose what is foolish in the world, see me, to shame the wise. God chose what is weak, this is me, in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Kept going throughout the week, and in 2, verse 2, it just says, For I decided, Paul speaking, to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. It's my prayer. That's all I want to know. That's all I want to be about is this. For I was with you in weakness, amen, and in fear and much trembling, amen, and my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, amen, but hopefully in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This book is living and active, and it's not about us and what we can accomplish. This book is talking about how the God of the heavens pursues us. And so when we call one another to read the word of God, what we really want to have happen is for while you do that, for you to begin to fall deeply in love with the God of the word. That's the goal because he is a living and active God. Let's spend a little time on the how. We've got to make a plan. Now for some of you, you know that I love journals and I love pens and lots of them. Got seven colors and 14 different pins. That may not bless you this morning. So I'm not gonna unpack that. 
But as I was trying to figure out, Lord, how will you ever get me back on the path and be of any use to you? I, I, I just, I began to study God's word, but I, I didn't know. And, 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 and you know, the, the, the date, one nineteen fifteen stuck out of my head. That was the day that uh, I confessed and it was January 19, 2015, and somewhere along the way, about a week or two in, I, I, I got to think, 119.15, and wait, there's a Psalm 119, and I wonder what verse 15 says. And as I'm kind of walking to find my Bible, I just started to go, and I almost got chill bumps going, I wonder if it says, even though you were a fool for seven years, I will raise you up to be a mighty God, or a mighty person, individual, mighty warrior for God. And I was like, is that what it says? Is it gonna say something like that? And as I kind of went looking for it, I got to Psalm 119.15, and it just simply says this, is I will meditate, I will meditate on your precepts, and I will fix my eyes on your way. I will study your book, your law. Precepts is another word for law. I will, I will learn your law. I will learn your book, and I will fix my eyes on your ways. Let me now live it out. That's how I can help have a lasting influence here for you, Lord. And the word that I really love in that is I will. I'm gonna have a, almost a premeditation to my meditation is I'm gonna make a plan. I'm gonna be resolved to do something about this. I'm gonna resolve myself to push myself into a relationship with you, Lord. I love, John Piper says this, is that most people neglect their Bibles not out of conscious disloyalty to Jesus, but out of a failure to plan a time and a place and a method to read it. A lot of us just don't have a plan and then we wonder why a day goes by and a week goes by and all of a sudden it's like, oh man, I haven't done anything. And then a month goes by and sometimes a year and if we're not careful, literally a whole lifetime can go by. But I want us to be a church. I want us to be a people that go, I will do this. And so look, here's what I'm done. I've created just a list. This is 20 ideas for how you can have a plan to spend time in God's word. And look, I'm not gonna unpack it. They may not bless you. If it helps, take a picture of it. And, and look afterwards if there's either one or two that might be a benefit to you. And look, if you don't like any of these ideas, great. Ask someone else what they do to spend time with the living God and how they use his word to do that. And make, get that one going. That's great. It's not about a plan, but the idea is let's have a plan to push ourselves into God's word. And look, I, I want you to know my goal is not that you would uh, just spend a few extra minutes a day in God's word. My goal is not even that you would add a day or two to what you've been doing. My goal is that you would begin to encounter the living God. That's the goal of time in the word is that you would meet the God of the word. And for some of you, maybe you're like me that you just go, well, that's great, but I've got too many wasted years behind me. It's too late. And I just wanna tell you, I've thought the same thing. I too have wasted three and a half decades and yet 2,197 days ago, I set out to start making daily deposits. And over time, things have begun to change. I remember, maybe you're in the same place. You go, I've got too much pain in my past, too many re busted relationships, too much destruction. How is the Lord ever gonna do anything about it? I had the same things. I was like, Lord, how am I ever gonna be a father again in any meaningful way? How can I be restored as a husband? How can I be of use to you again? And it just was like, Jeff, make daily deposits with encountering me. Seven years of willful wandering, six weeks later after I began to make daily deposits, 
of just having my Bible open, a journal and pen to take notes on what God was teaching me and how I could take next, next faithful steps. My soon-to-be eight-year-old son, all he wanted for his birthday, my eight-year-old son, six weeks after seven years of willful wandering, my eight-year-old son, all he wanted for his birthday was journals and pens so he could begin to write down some of the things that God was teaching him. Make a plan. Daily deposits. Learn it, live it, and just test that promise of what then the Lord will do. He will make your way prosperous. Then you will find success. You will begin to leave a lasting influence for your kids and in your marriage. And within this church, a year ago or so, my wife asked me uh, just when I felt most loved by her. And I, I mean, like I blurted it out. In some ways, I almost wanted it back, but I think it was the spirit of God. I just kind of said, when I see you in God's word, I feel loved. Because I know you're running to the Father for something that I can't give you. And I know that you're trusting in his eternal wisdom and not anything that I have to offer. And so I find great strength and comfort knowing you're going there first. Conversely, I could be moody and pouty at times, and a lot of times that shows up at 10 o'clock at night, and sometimes my wife leans in, and sometimes she just goes, I know that Jessica's about to meditate on God's word, and I know he's about to encounter the living God, and I'm gonna trust that the word of God will begin to do a work in him. Community groups. I want us as community groups to know where each other is in God's word. This is part of you, of what we are, are called to do. We need to know where one another is, what their plan is, and are we executing on the plan? And if we've messed up, that's okay, but we're encouraging people to get back up. If you don't like the 20 ideas Parker just threw up, let's talk about some of the other ideas we could do as a community group. And I want us to do that. I mean, just how have you done at letting the word of God be the supreme final authority in our life? Willing to learn it, for doctrine and willing to practice it by living it out. And I want our community groups, this is part of what community can do to help us. I don't know if this is helpful, but one of the things that I consistently do, um, especially as somebody that's wasted lots and lots of time, and is I just pray that uh, God would increase my appetite for his word. And uh, I ask for a double portion. Every morning, I'll kind of do a walk around my block and just ask that I, for a double portion. And then I just spend time kind of praying, Lord, that I would be fully engaged. And this is where I want to end our time this morning, right? Is kind of walk you through what I pray. And then I want us to read it. And then I want us to pray as a body for this. But I will sit there and just go, Lord, will you help um, open my eyes to see what you want me to see this morning? Will you give me ears to hear it? Will you give my brain the ability to just focus in on what you're trying to direct my attention to? Will you help it sink into my heart? And then will you help it revive my soul? This is the power of God. This is what his word promises that we can do. And so I just pray that prayer. And it's the prayer that I want us as City Bridge Community Church to begin praying for the church and for ourselves as well. A great place to just walk that through is Psalm 19. And so we're gonna put it up on the screen. I'm gonna read it here and then we are gonna pray it through as a church. And so it says this in Psalm 19, verse seven. This is the prayer that I pray for me. I hope that it's the prayer that you pray for you and it's the prayer I wanna pray as a church that we'd have a right understanding, right, that the law of the Lord is perfect, it says in verse seven, and it revives the soul. 
The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, and it rejoices the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, and it enlightens the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, and it endures forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Pray, verse 10, for you and for our church, that this law of the Lord would be more to be desired in our life than gold, even much fine gold. Pray that it would be sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. I'll confess, sometimes the word of God is dry in my heart. The problem's with me and not the word, and so I just keep praying, Lord, will you hope it be more sweeter than honey? Verse 11, moreover, by them is your servant warned, and in keeping them is great reward. Pray that we would be a people that heed the warnings of Scripture, and then pray that we would test this last promise right there, in keeping them there is great reward. That's God's word, and it's powerful. It's living and active. It's his wisdom, not mine, not ours. And let's have a plan, and this is a good place. If you don't know where to begin, man, even just start praying these verses. Thanks for listening. We pray this message encourages you on your journey with Jesus. If you found this message helpful, feel free to share it with others and leave us a review. To learn about City Bridge and how you can take your next faithful step with Jesus, check us out online at citybridgechurch.org. You can also follow us on social at citybridgecc. See you next time.